0: Welcome to the Wayzata Free Conversations podcast. This month, we decided to mix it up and do a podcast about podcasts. Bruce Drugsma, pastor of Community and Spiritual Formation, sits down with a panel of listeners to talk about podcasts that they would recommend. To get a list of the podcasts they discuss, text the word podcast to 763-473-9463.
1: All right, so let's start this way. Let's start with what is your current podcast or podcasts, plural, that you are listening to
2: and why? So I'll start off. One of the ones that I really enjoy is a podcast called Broken Record. So this is kind of Scott Dunnwin's fault that I found this through a podcast that he introduced me to that connected me with Broken Record where uh, Malcolm Gladwell and Rick Rubin and a couple of other folks interview or do podcasts with people in the music industry. And so Rick Rubin is a longtime producer, uh, you know, produced legendary albums. And so it's people talking about their art and what makes them tick. It's evangelicals. We like words, we like propositional truth. But in Psalm 51, David talks about truth in the innermost being. There's a kind of truth that goes deeper than words. Words fail us at some point. and and we need art. Uh, I think we find truthful art in the secular world, as well as in the sacred world or the Christian world. And so I really enjoy listening to uh, these folks dialogue about their art. You know, one of the
0: interesting things about Broken Record, right? That I think if you think about Rick Rubin, I mean, his claim to fame in a lot of ways is connecting dots. Right. And so one of the reasons that he was famous was he was the one that brought Run DMC together when they did um, Walk This Way. Right. Where you introduced all of a sudden hip hop with Run DMC and Aerosmith. And it was the first time that they'd mainstreamed hip hop. And so there was this interesting connection of different pieces Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. that nobody had ever thought about before. And in that connection, it actually then exposed people to different genres. And so I think that's one of the reasons why I think podcasts just in general are interesting because they expose you to different things. And I think that's one of the things that's really powerful about Broken yeah. Record in particular. Yeah. Besides the music aspect, it's <laughs> the connecting dots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's another podcast, Scott, you listen to? Well, the one that Rob didn't want to reveal <laughs> because you know, it was really one of the first podcasts that I started with was Revisionist History, mm-hmm. which you know is Malcolm Gladwell talking about different stories and taking a different look at the historical story there and so once again the whole idea of kind of looking at things from a different angle Mm -hmm. is powerful and i think malcolm gladwell as a storyteller is one of the best in doing that
3: yeah a podcast that i have that i really have enjoyed is called the art of manliness the host brett mckay has different people on he interviews them i call it like an interview podcast different authors um, athletes I think he's had some pastors on there and he just has good conversations with them. I love how he just draws from so many different places. Uh, I feel like no matter what episode, I'm going to get something from him. He also has historians on there. It's not just for men. Like my, this is my wife's favorite podcast too. And it's about intentional living. If we look at manliness or adulthood, living the life you want to live. I think he has people on there that are doing something intentional in their lives and helps me to incorporate it as well.
1: Yeah, I think one that I would add to to my list is Radiolab, which is a lot lot more journalistic, especially scientific journalistic. Uh, So Radiolab really pushes into what's new topics of conversation. So they'll read something in the New York Times and kind of push deeper into it, more than a newspaper. I I got into revisionist history as well, Scott knows, but Radiolab turned me on to another one called Dolly Parton's America (laughs) that was a great you know, I'm not a country Western fan. That's not my genre of choice. So what I liked about it is it did the same thing we're talking about, connecting disparate thoughts. Mm -hmm. And they looked at Dolly Parton and said, Dolly Parton connects America in a way you go to her crowd her concerts and you see the crowd and it is a random conglomeration (laughs) of Americans. How is she able to unite people in ways that our society needs? So that one was a really, Interesting one for me, but I'm sensing that theme that we're all kind of looking at podcasts because they pull in. New ideas that we wouldn't be
0: confronted with otherwise in our normal readings or online perspective. It's funny because you had asked us to think of two or three podcasts that we were interested. My second one was Dolly Parton's America. I think the way you described it is right. You know, I had written down it. It talks about how someone is successfully navigating the divisions of our world today Mm -hmm. and being a hero in all of them. You know? yeah and she's a hero to the feminists she's a hero to the country she's the hero you know, it's just an amazing to look at the range of people that mm-hmm. love dolly parton mm-hmm. and yeah. the influence she has and you know and you think about where she started and the jokes that we used to tell about her in the 70s and it's a very different world today
1: yeah mm-hmm. well and it's funny because i tell people that that's one of my favorite podcasts and they look at me like because anybody that knows me doesn't think gee i bet bruce is a dolly a parton fan you know <laughs> Yeah, but it was because I was listening to Radio Lab and they Mm -hmm. featured the first episode. And I think that's another thing that a lot of the podcasts I've gotten into are because another podcast has
3: led me to. Right. Yeah. References Uh, them or a lot of
2: cross pollination. You come on my podcast, I'll go on your podcast. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. um, For me, a big one, like growing spiritually, because like podcasts are great for listening to sermons or like different churches. But uh, the Bible Project podcast has been huge for me as they just, pick a big theme in the Bible, six or seven episodes that are an hour long. They trace the theme through Christ into new creation. So that one has been huge for me theologically and just developing me in like the idea of like a Christian podcast. The last one I had on my list was a
0: podcast called After Hours, which is from HBR Presents. And so what you have is you have three uh, Harvard Business School professors riffing on (laughs) Both cultural and business and political issues. And I think that I enjoy it because it's a combination of three moderates that lean slightly left, but you end up having these really rich conversations about, you know, what's going on with the antitrust technology discussions about is Google and Facebook too big to. You know, what are the implications for the redistricting of, you know, North Carolina to, okay, how did the world did we get to where we are in the Ukraine, and because they really don't have a specific agenda, you end up with these intelligent, thoughtful conversations from some really smart people, and you know it's 30 to 45 minutes it comes every week, and you just never know what they're going to talk about.
2: Uh, Another one that I listen to regularly is called Pass the Mic. So if you remember Jamar Tisby from The Color of Compromise, traces the the church's complicity in racism from slavery through Jim Crow, through the modern era, white Christian nationalism. He co-hosts with a guy named Tyler Burns. Both of them have spent time in white evangelical spaces. Both of them have some scars, that they eventually begin to talk about on the podcast. And what you realize is that their experience is very different. And uh, they bring on other folks who likewise have spent time in white evangelical spaces, black people who were deeply committed to the project of reconciliation, deeply committed to Christ, found themselves in places where they were sidelined and marginalized. When they began to talk about You know, Michael Brown, Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner, and that list goes on. We've had this fresh division in the last 10 years along the same race lines that have separated the church for hundreds of years now.
1: So I also asked for a couple of episodes, specific episodes that have been influential
0: for you. Does somebody want to start in with a specific episode? Sure. So if nobody listens to a single other podcast. The one podcast that I think everybody should listen to is season two, episode three of Revisionist History. And the title of the episode is Miss Buchanan's Period of Adjustment. And it completely Mm -hmm. changed my perspective on so many issues because the general premise of the issue, and I'll spoil it because it doesn't change the impact, was... We all know Brown versus Board of Education, 1954, and, and you're taught in schools. That it is this wonderful thing that lifted up and changed kind of the direction of race relations in our country. And there's certainly nothing wrong or, and it certainly was good news to say, you know what, schools have to be desegregated. What we don't learn about and what then Malcolm spends time talking about and you realize was that ruling essentially devastated the only professional class of African-Americans in the country in 1954, because the only professional job you could have if you were black in our country then was to be a teacher. And when they desegregated the schools, all of the African-American kids went to white schools and the white parents had zero interest in having any of their kids being taught by African-American teachers. And so this entire class was destroyed. Mm -hmm. And then he walks through both what happened and then what the implications are of that. And for me, when I heard it, it totally turned over my thinking and realized how we teach is important. Mm -hmm. And it's not nefarious, right? I mean, certainly when I had history teachers in high school talking about Brown versus Board, they weren't hiding anything, they weren't trying to paint the picture. There's just a reality behind it that we never consider. Mm And so for me, it just was life-changing hearing that episode.
1: Yeah, I listened to that one too, and I would add that one to my list. What was compelling to me is he talks a little bit about, statistically, we can see that we've never really recovered Mm. in that. You know, Mm, he talks about the percentage Black teachers prior to that and the percentage we have now, and we have not gotten back to that Mm. number. He also argued that, statistically speaking, we've been told the myth that the reason we needed to desegregate the schools is the quality of education was different. And he argues that it wasn't. As part of that, that it wasn't that we did need to desegregate. That wasn't the reason. Right. The quality Mm -hmm. of education Mm -hmm. wasn't the reason. Mm -hmm. That we benefit from learning from other perspectives is the reason Mm -hmm. we should have desegregated. So I found that to be compelling. And I'll piggyback on that because my (laughs) prime episode I was going to highlight was also from revisionist history, (laughs) but it was it was his one called Generous Orthodoxy. (laughs) And (laughs) I don't remember what season that is, but generous orthodoxy. His whole argument is this idea that generosity, openness to change and orthodoxy stand at some level in contradiction with each other, Mm -hmm. but we need to hold them in tension. And so he builds this argument, okay, he takes a theological stance in the argument that I disagree with, but it changed how I saw how I hold my theological views. Mm -hmm. That idea that I need to hold them with some openness to change. Mm -hmm. Um, not changing what I believe, but maybe changing how I live it out. Instead of demanding people change to my belief, what am I willing to give up for my belief is the is the crux. Mm-hmm. That's in line with the gospel. That's in line with sacrificial love.
3: And I heard it from somebody arguing a theological view that I mm-hmm. would disagree mm-hmm. with. And yeah. so that's mine. That's interesting because generous orthodoxy is the main tenant of Denver Seminary, where I'm attending, <laughs> of like, just let's be open to each other's ideas um, because there's a lot of theological issues that are like third level and let's not make that the big deal but let's be generous with someone who holds that view because we're, we're in the same camp I mean the further up you go in the primary tenets of our faith like the third level let's be generous with each other
1: well and it's still a generosity and stance
3: yes even, exactly. if, even
1: if I encounter somebody who has a has a level one belief that's different from me how do I maintain
3: a sacrificial stance in yep. that rather than yeah, being generous, listening, being open to their perspective?
2: Yeah. And what it makes me think of is kind of going back to that, that idea that scripture is full of metaphors, you know, sin. We're very concerned about sin. Well, it, it means something like missing the mark, you know? So you have this image of a bow and an arrow and a and a target over there. And when we try to build the towers of theology upon, upon words that that the Bible gives to us as metaphors. Sometimes that, that's not a sufficient foundation. At, at the risk of being sacrilegious, I want to say that we can improve our metaphors in dialogue with <clears> others throat> throat> and maybe begin to build bridges across you know, what you know what otherwise looked like deep chasms.
1: I, I, this is yeah, great because, yeah. I mean, this centers around the whole conversation we want to have. Mm-hmm. The whole conversation is, if we believe that all truth is God's, how do we find truth in non, non-Christian, non non-biblical sources? So the first question is, is that a true statement? Mm-hmm. Does godly truth exist in non-Christian sources? And I think the four of us would say yes. And we're highlighting these examples, mm-hmm. you know, the, the podcasts we're citing, there are some Christian podcasts in our list, but there are some that are very much not. So that's really the crux of the conversation is, Looking at the world and saying, look, if all truth is God's, God is the holder of truth, then how do we glean truth from these other sources? Mm -hmm. So how have you guys gleaned truth from these various podcast shows and episodes? And if you still want to highlight a specific show or
3: episode, please do it as you're talking about it. But how have you gleaned truth from them? So mine from The Art of manliness is an episode called uh, Digital Minimalism. In like the last 10-15 years our devices have hooked us in a way that's been unimaginable we all have a supercomputer in our pocket and they're designed to take our attention and focus it solely on them on um, between the notifications the bright colors all of that how should we live with that is the question the, the person he's interviewing wrote a book about how like taking digital fasts and just like stepping away and learning how to live with our devices as tools rather than as a source of addiction um, and i think for me going into like how do i find god's truth in that is living wisely a lot of the times like without being theological like it's just how do we live intentionally and wisely in the life that we're given and i think god wants us to be wise I, foundationally i think he wants us to go into situations and know how to respond in ways that glorify him and don't train wreck our own lives
1: And what i hear you saying in that is we're not to be afraid of the technology we're supposed to see it as that tool as a tool yes but that's that's part of being wise it's not not rejecting new ideas not rejecting new tools not rejecting just out of hand but looking at it with with godly wisdom and saying what what does this bring to my life positively and how do i avoid the negative
0: implications exactly Yep. yeah for me i mean One of the foundations of God's truth is that I need to love everyone around me, regardless of whether they agree with my theological or doctrinal positions. As I think about my listening of podcasts and hearing other stories, it helps me understand other people's experiences. It helps me understand other people's perspectives, which allows me to develop empathy for people then facilitates the ability to love them and not think about them as the other which is such an easy trap for people to fall into whether you're an evangelical christian or somebody else Mm -hmm. seeing other people as other is Mm -hmm. how you can then justify doing actions that are inconsistent with god's truth of love and so for me, just the collection of podcasts that I listen to, there's certainly an entertainment aspect to some of that. Yes. And but there's also the exposing myself to others and their perspectives that then allows me to, on some small level, do a better job of
2: loving them the way God has called me to. So people's stories—you hear a lot of stories on podcasts. You know, somebody has a story; they're not going to write, uh, you know, a two hundred word. 200-page book about it. But a 30-minute podcast, the medium lends itself to people's stories. And you hear somebody's story, that's truth. That's, That's raw data. If we want to understand the world, if we want to understand the story of God's redemption within the world, if we want to understand how sin affects people and destroys their lives, if we want to understand relationships, Um, that's the raw data of how the world works, how how people work, hearing their stories. And so for somebody who has taken the time to sort of distill their story down into 30 minutes, that's a gift. And out of that, you get some of that truth in the inmost being. And that gives you, that paints a picture that is so much richer than dogmatic statements about um about how theology works so i love that
1: uh one of the other podcasts i really like is called cautionary tales by tim Hartford. his tagline on the very first episode is we tell the kids the story of cinderella and caution them to follow the rules look for the good in people or whatever he goes i tell you stories once the kids are in bed <laughs> i tell you stories that are for the adults mm. that warn us how we live mm. our life and, and they're not all doom and gloom and they aren't for adults, meaning that they're rated R. So he talks about one of the stories is about an oil tanker that's late and it goes charging through a gap. And despite the piling up evidence that they're off track and off course, they continue going and they continue speeding up. And then he breaks it down. Why? Well, now you have the story, the raw data, yeah. mm-hmm. and you can disagree with his conclusion but you have the the rationale behind it. Mm -hmm. And he comes at it from a statistician's point of view, because that's what he is. His argument on that episode is that we get so invested in our decision-making process that once the contradictory data comes up, we feel it's too late to turn around Yeah. because the ramifications of turning around are so great. And he argues that sometimes the ramifications of not turning around are are even greater. Yes. And and that's the the where I look at myself and go where have I not turned around and I need to still because mm-hmm. I can see that in my own life I can see the times where I refuse to turn around because no I'm doubling down instead of <laughs> yeah. instead yeah. of hearing yeah. contradictory data I'm yeah. doubling down whether that's on driving in a
0: snowstorm
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> yep or whether that's
0: <laughs> you know because we have the reservation. Cautionary Tales was not on my list, but I do listen to that one as well. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite episodes there kind of along those lines was he did one on Florence Nightingale Mm -hmm. and he talked about the fact that she was really the first person to introduce visual graphics in trying to make an argument to change behaviors. And her motivations were all great and she certainly changed behaviors around antibiotics and how we treat people in situations. But he pulls up to say, but look, if you look at this, she was absolutely manipulating the data to tell the story at which she Mm -hmm. wanted to tell. And so you can't just hold on to the data Mm -hmm. to make the decisions. You also have to understand the person trying to tell the story and what's their motivation, right? And it was just a a fun cautionary tale to say, hey, Florence Nightingale is great, and what Mm -hmm. she did was important, but let's recognize that she manipulated the data just like then the person who is, you know, on one of those news shows that we're not kind of bought into whichever Uh direction that's manipulating Uh the data. And so it's less about the data
3: and more about the motivations. Yeah, More about the person showing the data. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. which as
0: a sidebar,
1: he wrote a book, Tim Hartford. I forget the title of the book, but it's 10 rules for dealing with statistics. And he goes Mm -hmm. through some of that stuff in in a lot more detail. So if that's, and it's fantastic because he's really writing it as a counter argument to how to lie with statistics, which was a famous book that came out Years ago, so his (laughs) it's it's interesting because his point before inciting Gail that is his point, Mm -hmm. but his other point in the book is also that but we still need to realize that statistics are a real thing and important and we shouldn't manipulate them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So there's there's it's it's a complicated Mm -hmm. conversation, and I think it's great.
3: Yeah, and all this talk about stories like I can't not think of this American Life Mm -hmm. as like kind of the epitome of like storytelling podcasts of like. In depth, telling a story, and then the the moth podcast, where like mm-hmm. people go up and just tell their own unedited story. And so, like I I know with those like kind of that cautionary tale, just listening to someone's raw story like moves our hearts, yeah. And we and we want that so so badly, and to learn from each other. And so like we yeah. have this opportunity to learn from so many more people than just who are in our immediate circles um, by listening to podcasts. Well, a shameless plug, if you're interested in
1: interesting stories, Christy Peel from our church has a podcast called Flip Your Script. It's all about people responding to a change in life. And she interviews Terry Esau from our church and about how he went from writing commercial jingles to starting nonprofits, giving away bikes and uh, guitars now, Mm -hmm. that ability to say, we're going to look at this and look at your story. And it's not just entertainment. You know, it causes you to step back and go, where can I learn from somebody else where can i take somebody else's story and use it in a way that allows me to see the world differently
3: change how i view things adapt all of those and impact impact. because we all i think we all want our stories to have impact and that's why i think we talk about podcasts because they've impacted us and who knows from this conversation we might impact someone listening
2: you said impact And could I put the word transformation with that? Yeah, absolutely. When we camp on sort of systematic theology that doesn't necessarily transform us on the inside, but when we relate to each other through stories, through the, the experiences that we share, I think sometimes that has a deeper impact, a deeper, you know, when we talk about transformation, changing into a person who naturally does the thing that we all our lives been trying so hard to do through through gritting the teeth
1: give me give me one more example if you would of how a podcast has changed you as a christ follower how has it impacted your
2: spiritual development i've been listening to a couple of podcasts that deal with issues around the lgbt Mm -hmm. community And, uh, one is a secular podcast. It's called gender, a wider lens. One of the co-hosts is a woman named Stella O'Malley, who has just the most amazing Irish, uh, accent, you know, listen to it for that. If, if no other reason, Sasha Ayad is the other person, they are therapists who work within that community. And they're talking about issues around gender and sexuality. And so I set that next to a podcast that is hosted by uh, a group of Christians. Some are straight, some are gay, both men and women. Some are living uh, celibate lives as gay people. Some are saying uh, coming coming at this from a different perspective. It has changed the way that I think about gender and sexuality. Um, I don't point in saying that is not to say. Um, that, that I want to challenge Orthodox beliefs. My, my point in saying that is that I see, I see a tremendous amount of value in building bridges between communities that both believe themselves to be very, very far apart. So many people in, in the gay community came through evangelical churches, prayed to God at age 13. God make me straight. Mm -hmm. Very, very few find that God changes that for them. Mm -hmm. And yet God, if we believe in his sovereignty, if we trust him, God has a plan for people who uh, experience gender and experience sexuality differently than us. I think we have a lot to learn from people who this is their life experience.
0: So obviously I talked about the perspective of love the other one, another podcast that I really enjoy is called against the rules mm-hmm. um, by Michael Lewis, who is the blind side liars poker, kind of a lot of great stuff. And his first season or second season was about the coach and kind of just looking at coaches in our mm-hmm. culture. His first season was about the referee mm-hmm. and understanding the various parts of our world where we have judges that, are trying to make things fair. For me, I think that whole season was interesting to help understand kind of the dynamic of rules and how they change and how perspectives change. And if I think about how that impacted my Christian walk, right, I mean, judge, do not judge, that stuff runs around everywhere in, you know, Jesus's messages. And so to have a kind of a secular person, or I don't even know what Michael Lewis is, you know, perspectives on the world are so. I shouldn't say whether he's a Christian or not, but to have Michael Lewis talking about the different dynamics of judging in our culture, it just highlights how important it is to be careful and tread lightly in that world.
1: I'm gonna have to give that one a listen because judging versus discerning is a theme that seems to be popping up in my life a lot lately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just the whole judging versus discerning that we're called to test the spirits and yet called, you know, judge not lest you be judged. Well, how does that? How does that play? together so that's
3: really interesting yeah uh for me um, particularly with that art of manliness podcast the host is remarkably uninteresting (laughs) in in the sense that i think he works really hard to draw out whoever he's interviewing Mm -hmm. and i so often want to be the center of attention listening to this this guy who go to his website and see like what he produces like he's really interesting but on the podcast, his main focus is to let the one he's interviewing shine. Learning how to like, when I'm in conversation with someone, how do I help them have the best experience possible? How do I let them show their best selves without trying to promote myself? Not even like his, the conversation he's having, but just how he has the conversations.
1: Well, thanks guys. I think it's been a great conversation. I think that's a good spot to stop. I think I thank you for your time and I wanna honor that. And uh, this has been the Why is that a Free Conversations podcast. Thanks for joining us.
0: You've been listening to the Wizetta Free Conversations podcast. For more information about Wyzetta Free Church, please check out wyzettafree.org or download our app available on the App Store or on Google Play.